John 17, very good. Good job. John 17 and one more. Psalm 1. No, ah, I tricked you all. Yep, Psalm 1 this morning. We're going to be there as well. So we're going to start in John 17 and then flip back to Psalm 1. I want to hear who is the most famous person you have ever met? Anybody? Hands up. Who's like most famous? Let's see if we can like establish one. Right, who's the most famous person you've ever met? Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate. I don't know who Andrew Tate is. Should I know Andrew Tate? No? Okay, should not know. Okay, who's the most famous person you've ever met? Abby Lee Miller? I also don't know this person. I feel very out of touch. I'm like an old soul, so yeah. You're, okay, in the back, who's the most famous person? Derek Carr. I do know Derek Carr. You met Derek Carr. Awesome. The junior high pastor at my church, he played football against Derek Carr in elementary school. So that's like his claim to fame. But that was before. Okay. Who's the most famous person you've ever? Who? Howie Mandel. Okay. That's a unique one. Go ahead. Zach Niles. Styles. Dials. Okay. Also don't know this person. I... <laughs> I, sorry, I should look. Uh, wait, let me hang on. Whoa, no way. I, I'm just, I just don't know. Okay, a couple more in the back. You two in the back. Bethany Hamilton. Oh, the surfer. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. And the Hanson brothers. You met the Hanson brothers. Okay, now we're going to have, oh, now we're going to date ourselves. High school junior hires. Do you know who the Hanson brothers are? Mbop. Mbop. Hanson brothers. Yeah, that was me. All the girls in my junior high were like, oh, the Hanson brothers. Go ahead. Last one. Yeah. Who? Tony Hawk. That's cool. Okay. All right. We could go again. I know. Tell me afterwards. I would love to hear more of the famous people that you've met. We oftentimes, um, like, and I mean, these are obviously super cool, and I would be the same way if I've seen famous people. I actually just, like a month ago, I met someone who used to be in the NFL who won a Super Bowl. Like, I saw his Super Bowl ring and his Super Bowl trophy. It was pretty cool. Um, but we kind of get, we get enamored by these people that are, that are famous, and yet... I think, and, and like, especially, especially if you like, didn't just see them from a distance, but like actually talked to them, like she, she actually talked to me, man, you know, like you, you actually like spoke with them and interacted with them. There's like that, that amazes us, right? It actually, it blows us away. Like this person that I've only seen on the screen, they're a real, like, I really am seeing them with my eyes before me. And yet I think we often forget the fact that we hold God's word in our hand. Like we have a famous person that speaks to us and we tell everybody about it. And yet what you are holding in your hands is the very word of God. And that should amaze us far more than any human who happens to be well-known. Um, and so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about God's word. We're going to talk about how important it is that as followers of Christ, that we be readers of God's word. And by the way, I hope you all have your Bible. If you don't, go ahead and there's a, there's a big stack of them in the back. Don't, don't be afraid to go back and grab it because we're going to be reading through some different passages. And it's important, um, I don't know if you're a visual learner like I am, but reading it it's like along with is a really important and helpful 
um, tool. And that's why I think taking notes is so, is so important as well. So let me turn there as well to John 17. If you're taking notes, the main idea that I want us to understand this morning, kind of the main takeaway to write down in your notes, is that God uses his word to help us know him and to help us glorify him. Let me say it again. God uses his word, the Bible, to help us know him and to help us glorify him. Now, we often use that word know, and we think intellectual knowledge, right? Like, I am aware that this person exists, and they are aware that I exist. And maybe I can spout off some facts about a person. But when the Bible uses the idea of know, and when, when I'm talking about it this morning, when I talk about to know something and for us to know God, I'm not just talking about us, like the Bible is this source for us to know intellectual facts about God. Kind of like your, your school books, you know, your textbooks, especially like science, right? Like your science books can tell you about molecules and atoms, and you can go, like, it'll give you the information to allow you to pass a test, right? But there's some Something far, but you don't like, you don't, if you're like me, you don't understand. Like it, you still don't comprehend like this thing is a bunch of atoms and a bunch of molecules that makes this up. There's, there's a difference between having facts in order to just pass a test or to impress people and actually knowing intimately and relationally. Now, if I was to you know, if I was to have your youth pastor stand up, you could probably all tell me facts about your youth pastor. And some of you would probably say, like, I, I would have a relationship. With, but if your youth pastor's spouse stands up, they know their spouse differently. There's a, there's a intimacy and a relationship there that's different than you just being able to spout off facts about your, your youth pastor, right? Well, God's word doesn't just give us information about God so that we can pass tests, so that we can look good in Sunday school, so that we can get our Awana bucks, so that we can make people like impressed with how much we can, you know, talk about God. God has given us his word, the Bible, so that we can know him intimately, so that we can know him relationally. And as followers of Christ, it's not enough for us to just have this book so that we can carry it around and impress people. We have to use it as a means, not just so that we can, like I said, so that we can be impressive or have all the right, like check off all the right theological boxes. God has given us his word so that we can know him relationally, that we can be in relationship with him. And it's the means through which he primarily speaks to us. So if you got your Bible, John 17, uh, starting in verse 6, 6 to 10, and then we'll jump ahead a little bit and read some of our theme verse. <clears throat> verse 6, he says, I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. For I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me because you belong, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you and you have given them to me. So they bring me glory and skip ahead to verse 17. Jesus says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. 
Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. So what Jesus is saying, he's saying, I'm revealing you to them. I have given them this message that you have given to me. Now, Jesus is in one sense speaking about his 12 disciples who are right there. But as we'll see as we walk through this this prayer a little bit more, Jesus is also, he is absolutely, he says later, he says, I'm not only praying for these, but for all you have given me, Father. In other words, if you are a follower of Christ, you were on Jesus' mind when he was praying these words. And he's saying, I have given them this message. Now, Jesus spoke audibly to his disciples who were there. But how have we received Jesus' message? We were not there 2,000 years ago. We were not part of this group of 12 that heard Jesus speak. So where do we get this message that Jesus is saying he's passing on to us? It's through his word. It's through the Bible. Now this morning, I'm going on the assumption that God, that, that this book that we hold in our hands is the inspired word of God. It was written by humans in real time and in real situations with real, you know, with under real circumstances. It was written by people with different personalities and they wrote with their personalities and their styles and all of those things. But I am going on the assumption and the belief that these words were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now, that doesn't mean that suddenly these men like fell into a trance and they're like, oh, and they wake up and they're like, oh, what is this this letter that I've written? Like, this is good stuff, (laughs) you know? No, 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 like they, they wrote like for a purpose, but that the Holy Spirit was working behind the scenes, inspiring, and not only inspiring the writers, but preserving his word and speaking through the translators who passed it on and preserved it and kept it and copied it and gave it to others and passed it on ultimately to where you and I are holding this book in our hands. Now, I could spend this whole time giving evidence for why I believe that and why I am willing to stake my life and my eternity on the fact that this book is inspired and speaks truth. And I believe there is real evidence. It's not just this blind faith, like, I'm just going to hope that it's right and believe it. Like, there is, there is evidence that, is, that you can stake your life on and facts. And I'm not going to take the time to talk about that. That could be a whole message in and of itself. If you want to talk about that, if you, I would love, 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 love to talk to you about that. Like, talk to me at lunch or during free time. I would love to share with you and answer questions as best as I can and help give you resources um, that might help you study more. But, so I'm going to go on the assumption, though, that this is God's word and talk to us as if you are a follower of Christ, why you should be a reader of God's word. So again, if you're not sure if this is true or reliable, um, or if you have questions, that's okay. Like it's good to ask questions. You should be asking questions, especially as you're growing up. But like, we'll talk about, we can talk about that more. um, And I'm sure you, you can talk to your leaders about those and they can, I'm sure, help answer your questions as well. But we need to be people who are Bible readers. So I was talking last night a little bit about, about how in, like when, when I was young and kind of when I was your age, I would say I was a Christian. And I, I was starting to, I started to, be, to surround myself with godly people who, who loved God and loved his word and loved his church. And I saw the difference between me and them. And I started to feel conviction. I remember there was a day I was home and I was, I was a freshman in high school, and I remember looking over at my nightstand where I kept my Bible, and I remember going, 
oh, that's interesting. And I literally, I took my finger and I could draw a line of dust on my Bible. And I remember like the Lord kind of spoke and convicted me in that moment. Cause I said, I thought to myself, I say I am a Christian and I say that that is God's word and that's how he speaks to us and that's how he guides us and leads us and he grows us through this, this thing we call the Bible. And mine is just sitting there literally collecting dust. I cannot remember the last time I read that thing. Oh, sure. Every once in a while, I bring it to church like because that's what good Christians do. Like That makes me look good and super spiritual. But man, Sunday afternoon, that thing sits on my nightstand and doesn't get picked up for a whole nother week. Maybe if I'm lucky. And I remember thinking something's wrong with that. If I say I am a Christian and I say that the God of the universe who spoke words and galaxies came into existence and spoke more words and this book, like who has revealed himself to us through this book, if that is the word of God, why am I not just devouring that thing? And I felt a lot of conviction there. And then so I started to read it. And all of a sudden, I started changing. The Lord started speaking to me through that. The way I started to look at people was differently. How I used to look down at people, my life was all about me, like we talked about last night. That was me. All of a sudden, just I started like reading about this man named Jesus, and I started thinking he would not treat people the way I am treating people. He doesn't think about people the way I am thinking about people. He wasn't about elevating himself the way I am. He's not at, at, the, at the expense of others the way I am doing. The Lord was speaking through his word, not just in my own personal time, but as I started to take it more seriously, as I started bringing it to church and like opening it, I was hearing, you know, my youth pastor speaking and like following along and thinking, actually like taking notes. And the Lord started speaking through that and making and opening up my eyes to more and more and more. So let's walk back through this passage. Keep your, I hope your Bible's still open. Turn back. If it's not, turn back to, to John 17, because I want to point out some things about not just what I believe about God's word, but what God's word says about itself. That's what's most important. So look at verse six. He says, I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. One thing I want to point out is, is the Bible, the Bible isn't just this instruction for how to be a good person. And that's, that's not what it's ultimately about because what the Bible reveals is that none of us are good. But the, the Bible reveals who God is. As I talked about last night, there is, there is an endless array of opinions about who God is. And you'll hear people say this. Well, to me, God is, God is like, you know, Santa Claus or, you know, and it's that, that idea of like, you do you, you speak, you know, whatever your truth is, which is such a funny statement and, and kind of like doesn't work and it's not true, but it's like, we're, I'm not interested in what my truth is or your truth. I'm interested in what the truth is. And the Bible doesn't take your opinion into consideration. The Bible states what is true and what is fact, and it reveals to us ultimately who God is. And so we have to not take our opinions and, and bring them into the scriptures. We have to look at the scriptures and take what's true out of them and form our opinions about what scripture says is true. The Bible shows us furthermore in verses six and seven, the Bible shows us how to be God's people. So not only is it about God is revealing to you, but he's revealing they were always yours. You gave them to me. They have kept your word. Now they know everything I have as a gift from you. In other words, it's not just about who God is, but it's about how to be God's people. 
One thing we'll talk about more tonight is that we not only, when you say yes to Jesus, you not only enter into this vertical relationship with God, but you also agree to a a horizontal relationship with God's people. And the scriptures show us not only who God is, but how he wants us as his community, how, how he wants us as his people to operate and to function. Furthermore, going on again, um, we have to we have to realize that that um, the Bible again is truth, and that's what Jesus says about the Bible. He's not saying your word is like good advice. He doesn't say in verse seventeen. He doesn't say your word is 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 a good recommendation. Your word is a is a is a nice opinion that I'm hoping a lot of people buy into. No, no. He says your word is truth. Listen. When you guys were preparing for this weekend, how many of you like looked up the weather? Okay, yeah, me too. All right, good hands. Right, did, your mom did. Okay, that counts. We'll count. Did you pack based on what you read, what you knew was coming for this weekend? Right? Yeah. Some of you are like some of your youth pastors are like, no, they did not. Right? But I don't see anybody walking around in like Hawaiian shorts and shorts, like Hawaiian shirts and shorts and sandals, because you thought like, well, I read it was going to be snowing, but I just felt like it was going to be sunny. Like I just felt it. Like I wanted it to be sunny, and that's kind of what I believe. Some some of you are writing out your friends. No, no, you read what was coming, and you based your life your future, your decisions based on that as truth. You see, scripture is not just, here's how to be a nice person. I mean, yes, it does teach about those sort of things, but it is so much more than that. It is truth for the purpose of how it's going to affect your life. It is, it is saying, change your life, like direct your course based on what you are reading because this is truth. And guys, we need to look to God's word as truth, not to Instagram and not to friends and not to social media and not to, you know, YouTube influencers. They don't have, they don't have the market on what is truth. God's word has the market on what is truth. A few things, and I think things that keep us back from reading God's word. I think we read, we don't read God's word. And these are, <laughs> this is all things that I have told myself, right? I think for one reason, we don't read God's word ultimately because there's a part of us that really doesn't, like doesn't love the Lord. Listen, you read the things from the people you love. Let me give you, let me give you an illustration. I, I know about camp crushes, right? I don't know if any camp crushes are going on right now, but I remember when I was in, you know, youth group and showing up thinking like, oh, maybe there'll be some cute girls from another church. And maybe that's going on this weekend. Maybe like during one of the meals, you, you know, caught the eye, fellas, of some lady and you're like, ooh, she's cute. Man, I can't wait. <laughs> I know I'm looking around to see if anybody's like making eye contact across, across the room. Oh, I remember... I remember when I was in, I think it was like elementary, maybe junior high camp, there was a girl. She sat next to me on the bus. She was from another church and like the bus was taking, oh man. I, and then she wrote me a letter. Oh yes. Oh, right. I know. Now say fellas, that lady that you caught her eye and you, you're talking to her later and you're like, Hey, uh, sweetie, watch me wait till I, 
You think I'm hot stuff now? Wait till I go off the, the zip line later during free time. Uh, I'm going to be hanging upside down and I'll give you a flex with the gun show. And she writes you a letter, fellas. She writes you a letter, three pages, front and back writing. Fellas, she dotted her eyes in hearts. Woo! Which of you is going to look at that and go, <laughs> three pages? I don't have time to read that. Are you? Who does she think she is? And then she says, like, did you get my letter? And you go, I did. It was just too much to read. Do you think she's going to be like, oh, that's fine? No. And you wouldn't even do that. If you like her, you are going to, like, tear that thing apart. You're going to be like, oh. And you're going to be like, hey, guys, listen. She calls me boo. <laughs> she calls me snuggle woogie, you know, or whatever. No, of course not. You would read the things that the person you like writes to you. Well, the God of the universe loved you enough not only to send his son, but to inspire writers and preserve a book to teach you how to know him. Yeah, dude, you got a question? <laughs> None. It was a camp relationship, so, and it wasn't even a relationship, so, good question. But the God of the universe, guys, listen, the God of the universe shh, has written you a story, a true story, a love story about how God has brought his people back to himself and he wants you to be a part of his people. The other thing, another reason why we don't read a book, why we don't read this book is that sometimes it doesn't interest us. How many of you, because it's, it's complicated, like it doesn't interest us or it's, it's just overly complicated. We read it and we're like, ah, it's written like some of these words I don't understand. How many of you have ever gotten a new phone for like Christmas or your birthday? Do you realize that in your phone, like a smartphone, now I'm talking about not in like the Nokia brick, but in your smartphone, there is more computing power in that little device that you hold in your hand than everything that was used to send man to the moon in 1969. Your phone is far more intricate and complicated than whatever, you know, than, 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 you know, Candy Crush and whatever it is that you choose to use it for. It is capable of so much more than what you actually, than like what you actually use it for. Do you realize that you, do, how many of you though, like open that up and we're like, that's awesome. Oh, it's so complicated. Like I'm good. Mom, Dad, just take it back. I'll, I'll stick back, go back to my Nokia. No, of course not. You're like, well, let me figure it out. Let me, like, and do you read through the instruction? Like, just do one instruction. You're like, ah, I haven't got it yet, but I'm going to keep learning because this interests me. Guys, we study and read the things that interest us. And the last thing is that we read what is important. I like to go backpacking in the summertime, not in stuff like this. I'm not that tough and cool, but I like to go backpacking. And when, I, when, I, when I've gone backpacking, I don't just like show up on a trail and like, I'll just see where this takes me. Like, I don't know how long I'll be gone. I don't, I haven't, no, I don't know how much food I've packed for. No, no. Before I go on a trip, like I study the map. I look and I feel, okay, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. This is where I'm going to camp. This is where I can get water. I have to cross a creek here, so I need to be prepared for that. Like, here's where a good place to camp is. Here's where I'm going to have to, like, here's, this is going to be a long day. Because it's important. Because it's, it's like my journey. It's where I'm going. Guys, 
God's word shows us where we are going, shows us who God wants us to be in the direction of our life. And so we need to be readers of God's word. Flip over really quickly to Psalm 1. I'm going to read this and walk through it. The psalmist says, Oh, the joys for those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. The psalmist says, The joys of those that do not surround themselves with bad company. Simple, simple summary. It is joyful for those that do not surround themselves with bad influences, with bad friends. But they delight, they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like a tree planted along the riverbanks, bearing, for each, uh, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. You know, I think the psalmist gives a good indication of how you can be a successful, healthy follower of Christ. Two things. Be careful who you surround yourself with and love God's word. I think the psalmist says it right there. Love God's word and do not surround yourself with negative influencers. The opposite is, is, is true. Surround yourself then, like the implication is there, joy for those who, who do surround themselves with good company. If you want to write something down, write this down. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Some of you guys are, are hanging around bad people and you think, well, I'll be a good influence on them. And all of your most important Closest relationships are negative influences. Those people will drag you down. That is your future. I guarantee it. I've been a youth pastor for almost 16 years. I have seen it over and over and over again. They will pull you away from the Lord. You need to get rid of those relationships. Keep, like, yeah, you should be influencing them for Christ, but they, you should be influencing them. They too often are the ones influencing you. And so you need to be very cautious about that. But the other side of this is true that the psalmist gets to here. They delight in the law of the Lord. They love the word. They meditated on it day and night. In other words, they don't just show up to camp one weekend with their Bibles, dig into it, write notes, and then put it on the shelf. And the next winter camp that comes along, they pick it up again. No, there is a daily dive into God's word, a daily discipline in reading the word. And your youth leaders can help you on, the, on a practical sense. Like, how do you develop this quiet time? Talk to your youth leaders about that. Ask them those questions. They can give you practical tips. They can give you good study Bibles, which are worth investing in for how to get into, like how to develop a daily quiet time, how to have a, a practical Bible that's easy to study and fun to read and like helpful um, and, and easy to understand. But another thing you can write this down, you don't grow in a week, you grow weekly. Go back to that camp relationship. That guy, whoever it is that got that three-page letter from, from that girl, he thinks to himself, all right, I established the relationship this winter camp, next winter camp, like, it's going to be solid. And you know what? Not only, like, is she really going to like me, but she's going to be very impressed. Over the course of this year, I am going to lift weights. I'm going to get chiseled. I'm going to get swole so that when she sees me next year, she's going to write me a six page letter and she's going to, and half of those pages are going to be about like, man, your biceps are just rippling. You are so buff. And I, you go home and you think, all right, I'm, I'm going to start pumping iron. 
And you like think to yourself, I'm going to start listening to Rocky music. I'm going to get so ripped. It's going to be amazing. And week after week, you keep telling yourself, yep, this is going to be me. I'm going to, and about a week before camp comes and all of a sudden you just like go nuts and you just hit the gym and you're like going crazy. And then after a couple of days, you're like, my muscles aren't any bigger. Why? It's because you don't grow in one week. You grow weekly. And so for you guys who think I can show up to one winter camp and I will suddenly be this like amazing follower of Christ, it doesn't work that way. It happens when you dive into God's word weekly, daily, diving into God's word and get plugged into your church. Those are the daily disciplines that grow you in your faith and your walk with Christ. And they're important. So again, your youth leaders in your discussion time can talk on a more practical level on what that looks like to have a small, a quiet time time and can help you in that. So with that, let me pray for us. And then, uh, Brian, come on up. Father, thank you so much for your word, for, for this amazing, incredible book. Lord, we don't worship it, but it points us to you and we long to bring you glory. And we know that you've revealed yourself primarily through your word. And so help us to know it. I pray for these young people as they begin these disciplines of reading your word. I pray that you would speak to them, that you would grow them through it and help them by your grace, Lord, and through your spirit. We love you and pray it in your name. Amen.